Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nostalgic Mystery Radio. I'm your host, Stevie Kay, and it's my honor to bring you the radio shows of yesteryear. For this episode, I bring you Agatha Christie's Miss Marple, episode titled A Caribbean Mystery, where Miss Marple is drawn into a case of intrigue and black magic when a major who bragged of owning a photo of a murderer dies under mysterious circumstances. This will be a five-part series, so sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy this Nostalgic Mystery Radio. Thank you for listening. Do you know, if it hadn't been for the strange death of Major Paul Grave, I might have begun to find my holiday on St Honoré just a little bit boring. Lovely, of course, but the sun shone just the same every day, and the sea was always that particular shade of blue. However, the Major had given me something to think about. He was about to show me the picture of a murderer, or so he said. And then he saw someone coming and put it back in his wallet. Was that why he had died so suddenly that night? And who was it that he had seen coming? Could it possibly have been Mr. Dyson? We present June Whitfield as Miss Marple in Agatha Christie's A Caribbean Mystery. It was one of those evenings when there seemed to be something electric in the atmosphere. Soon there would be light and laughter and dancing. But now, just as it was beginning to get dark, it was as if the whole island were waiting for something to happen. Colonel Hillingdon seemed particularly ill at ease, restlessly pacing the terrace, and Gregory Dyson, who had evidently been drinking, was weaving his way unsteadily into the dining room. Can't you stop working for a moment, Molly? Why don't you just relax and enjoy life a little? I'm just checking that the tables are properly laid, Mr. Dyson. Mr. Dyson? Aren't we being a bit formal? I thought we were all one big happy family. Ed and Evelyn and me and Lucky and you and Tim and Esther Wallace and old Raphael. Aren't we all one big happy family? Oh, um, Tim and I think it's more polite not to be too free with Christian names. Oh, don't give me any of that. Come on, Molly, my little love. Let me buy you a drink. Ask me later. I have a few things I must get on with before dinner. Oh, no, you haven't. You're a lovely girl, Molly. I hope Tim appreciates what a lucky man he is. I see to it that he does. I could go for you in a big way, you know. Though I wouldn't let my wife hear me say so. I really must go, Mr. Dyson. Tim will be wondering where I've got to. What kept you? You look quite flustered. Oh, Gregory Dyson. What did he want? He wanted to make a pass at me. Blast. Oh, don't worry. I can do all the blasting necessary. Oh, and now I'm going to slip down to the beach. Grab a few minutes to myself before the evening gets going. Mr. Dyson! What? What is it? Who's that? It's only Victoria, Mr. Dyson. What do you want? I brought you this, sir. It does belong to you, doesn't it? My bottle of serenite tablets. Where did you find it? I found it where it had been put. In the gentleman's room. What do you mean? What gentleman? The gentleman who is dead. I do not think he sleeps very well in his grave. Why the devil not? 
Are you telling me you found my bottle of tablets in Major Palgrave's bungalow? Yes, that's right. You missed them. Don't you remember you asked me about them? Yes, yes, I did. I thought I just mislaid them. No, you did not mislay them, Mr. Dyson. They were taken from your bungalow and put in Major Palgrave's bathroom. How do you know? I know. I saw. Someone put them in a dead gentleman's room. And now, I've given them back to you. What do you mean? Who did you see? Victoria! What's the matter, Greg? Who is that you're talking to? Victoria, the, the girl who does our place. What does she want? Making a pass at you? Don't be stupid, Lucky. She's got some idiotic idea into her head. What about? But you remember I couldn't find my serenite tablets the other day? You said you couldn't. What the devil do you mean by that? Oh, for goodness sake, what's got into you? Oh, I'm sorry. Everybody goes about being so damn mysterious. That girl brought the tablets back to me. Had she stolen them? No, she found them somewhere, I think. So what's all the mystery? Oh, nothing. She just riled me, that's all. I didn't hear you, Mrs. Ellington. I didn't think there was anyone around. Is something wrong? What's happened? Is it some trouble between you and Tim? Oh, no, it's not that. Thank goodness for that. You always look so happy. No more than you do. Tim and I are always saying how wonderful it is that you and Colonel Ellington seem so happy together after being married for so many years. I'm glad we managed to give that impression. If you want to know the truth, we've hardly said a word to one another in private for the last three years. I can't believe it. Oh, we both put up quite a good show. But what went wrong? Oh, just the usual. Another woman? Yes, another woman. And I don't suppose it would be too difficult for you to guess who she is. Do you mean Mrs. Dyson? Lucky? Edward just lost his head completely over her. He was stupid enough to come and tell me about it. It made him feel better, I suppose. It didn't occur to him that it wouldn't make me feel better. Did he want to leave you? Oh, no. He didn't want to break up the happy home. And there are the children, remember? Lucky didn't want a divorce, either. Greg's a very rich man, after all. So we agreed to live and let live. And what about Greg? As far as I know, Greg's in blissful ignorance. How can you bear it? And gets used to anything. But sometimes... I'd like to kill that woman. <laughs> but how the hell did we get on to all this? We're supposed to be talking about you. What's the matter, Molly? It's just... It's just that I think there's something wrong with me. Wrong? What do you mean, wrong? What sort of wrong? I'm frightened. I'm terribly frightened. What are you frightened of? Everything. Voices in the bushes, doors opening, footsteps. As though someone were watching me all the time, spying on me. Somebody hates me, I'm certain of that. Somebody hates me. Oh, my dear child. How long has all this been going on? I don't know. It started by degrees. And there have been other things, too. There are times that I can't account for. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's five o'clock and I can't remember anything since half past two. Oh, but surely that's just And I'm you're... in a different place. Sometimes I'm wearing different clothes, and sometimes I've been talking to people and not even remembering that I've done so. 
Molly, my dear, you ought to see a doctor. I won't see a doctor. I wouldn't go near a doctor. Does Tim know about all this? Not really. But he's anxious about me, and he watches me. It's as though he were trying to shield me from something. But it's getting late. I must be getting back to the kitchen. I'm sorry to have gone on like that. It's probably nothing. I think I'm onto something, Jim. How do you mean? I think I'm onto something. It may mean money, real money. Now look, girl. You be careful. Don't get yourself tangled up in something that may be dangerous. I know how to look after myself. And I know how to play this game. It's big money. I know it. Something I see and something I guess. And I think I guess right. Where were you just now? Down on the beach. Why? Oh, no reason. It's time we changed for dinner. Mm. Greg and Lucky will be waiting for us. Uh, there's no rush. Evelyn? Yes? Edward? Would you mind if we chucked all this in and went back to England? Well, we've only just come out here. I know. But would you mind? You really want to go back to England? Back home? Yes. Leaving Lucky here? Yes, leaving Lucky here. Why? Because I'm at breaking point. I can't stick it anymore. I want to get out of here. You fell wildly in love with Lucky, and now you've got over it? Is that what you're telling me? Or is it over on her side? Is that the trouble? Does Greg know about it? I've often wondered. I don't know. He never says anything. He seems friendly enough. Men can be extraordinarily obtuse. Look, what's all this about, Edward? Has Lucky got some kind of hold over you, is that it? You must tell me the truth. It's the only way if you want me to stand by you. If I don't get away from that woman soon, I shall kill her. I can understand that, but why you, for goodness sake? Because of what she made me do. What did she make you do? I... Helped her to commit a murder. Lucky. Do you know what you're saying? I didn't know that that was what I was doing. And there were things she asked me to get. At the pharmacy. She got me to copy out a prescription she had. Where is this? Four years ago, when we were in Martinique. It was Greg's wife. You mean Greg's first wife, Gail? Are you telling me that Lucky poisoned her? Yes. And I helped her. When I realised what I'd... When you realised what had happened, Lucky pointed out to you that you had written the prescription, that you had got the drugs, that you and she were in it together. Is that right? Yes. She said she'd done it out of pity. That Gail was suffering, that she'd begged Lucky to get something that would end it all. And you believed her? No, I didn't really. I accepted it because I wanted to believe it. Because you were infatuated with her. Did you still believe it when she married Greg? I suppose so. And how much did Greg know about it? Nothing at all. I find that hard to believe. You don't think they both used you so that no one would suspect them? I don't know. It never occurred to me. I only know I've got to get free of Lucky. She makes me feel like I'm tied to her. By the 
thing we did together. That's why we've got to chuck all this and go back to England. Yes, Edward, we will. But not now. Not straight away. Why not? We must carry on as usual, just for the present. Do you understand? Don't let Lucky have an inkling of what we're up to. That night, I thought that the steel band was never going to stop. They played on into the night long after I'd gone back to my bungalow. But at long last the sound drifted away, as if they'd lost interest, and I saw from my window the lights going out on the terrace tables. Tim, could I speak to you for a moment? Of course, Evelyn. Is there something the matter? You must forgive me, but I'm rather concerned about Molly. What about her? I don't think she's awfully well. She seems upset. Things do seem to upset her rather easily at the moment. She talked to me early this evening. I gather she's had blackouts and is frightened of people, almost like persecution mania. Persecution mania? Just because she's a bit het up and nervy? I hate suggesting it, but don't you perhaps think she ought to see a psychiatrist? No, I don't. I won't have people like that monkeying around with her. If her mother had left psychiatrists... And... You mean there was trouble of that kind in her family? I mean, a history of instability? I don't want to talk about it. They were rather an odd bunch... I took her away from it all and she was fine. She's just got into a nervous state out here. I believe it was old Palgrave dying that triggered it all off. Well, I hope you know what you're doing, Tim, but if I could help in any way... It's very good of you, Evelyn. But Molly's all right. She's getting over it. Ah! What on earth's that? Molly? Molly, what's the matter? I found her. She's down there in the bushes. Down there! Uh, look after her, will you, Evelyn? I'll see what it is. Come and sit down here, Molly. Can I get you something, something to drink? She's down there in the bushes. Look at my hands, look at my hands! Oh, they're covered in blood. Molly, what's happened? I don't know. I don't know what happened, I can't remember it. What's the matter with me? Oh, it's all right, Molly, it's all right. Tim, what is it? What did Molly see? It's one of our girls, Victoria. Somebody's put a knife into her. It was early in the morning before Mr Daventry arrived from Jamestown. With him was Inspector Weston of the St Honoré Police Force. Poor Molly Kendall was in no condition to tell them anything, and she was put to bed with a heavy sedative. The first person they decided to question was the dead girl's boyfriend, Jim Ellis. She said it was money. Big money. And that's all I know about it. I don't know anything more at all, I swear to God. All right, Ellis, that'll do for the present. Thank you, Inspector. Yes, you can go. Thank you, sir. That's not all he knows, of course, but it's all we shall learn from him. You think he's in the clear himself? Oh, yes. They seem to be on good terms together. Was he in it with her, whatever it was? Probably not. And I'd say that what she knew wasn't very much. But enough for blackmail. I don't know if I'd even call it that. Payment for being discreet isn't quite the same thing. You see, some of the people who stay here are the rich playboy lot, and the morals don't bear much investigating. Oh, you mean a woman who doesn't want it known that she's sleeping around, so she gives a present to the girl who looks after the room? Exactly. But it wasn't anything of that kind, surely? Not as far as I can tell. This girl saw something, presumably, to do with a bottle of pills that Ellis mentioned. It belonged to Mr Dyson, I believe. We'd better see him next. 
She was a nice girl, Victoria. We both liked her. I suppose it was some quarrel or other with a man, but I never noticed any sign of trouble. I believe uh, you take a preparation, Mr. Dyson, called uh, serenite? Quite right. Little pink tablets. Suffer a bit from high blood pressure, like so many people do nowadays. Very few people seem to be aware of that fact. Well, I don't go talking about it. I've always been well and hearty, and I never like people who go on about their ailments all the time. And you missed a bottle of pills a short time ago, I hear. Yes, that is correct. And you asked this girl, Victoria Johnson, whether she'd seen it? Yes, I did, and sometime later she brought the bottle to me. She asked me whether it was the one that was missing. And was it? Yes, it was, as a matter of fact. I asked her where she had found it, and she said it was in Major Palgrave's room. I said, how on earth did it get there? And what was her answer to that? She said she didn't know, but... Yes, Mr. Dyson? Well, she gave me the feeling that she did know a little more than she was saying, but I didn't pay too much attention. After all, it wasn't very important. I've got other bottles of pills with me. And that's... uh... All you know about it, Mr. Dyson? That's all I know. Sorry to be so unhelpful. I didn't think you'd be interested in the pills. I thought you'd want to know what my movements were when this wretched girl was stabbed. I've written them down as carefully as I can. That was very helpful of you. Uh, Here you are. Save everybody trouble, I thought. So, uh, you and your wife were changing for dinner in your bungalow until ten to nine... You went for a drink on the terrace and were joined shortly afterwards by Colonel and Mrs Hillingdon and you all went to dine at 9.15 and you went to bed at about half past 11. Of course, I don't know what time the girl was actually killed. Uh, Mrs Kendall found her, I understand. Must have been a very nasty shock for her. Uh, Had the girl been dead long when Mrs Kendall found her, I mean? We're not quite certain of that yet. Matter of fact, I didn't notice Mrs. Kendall about last night. When was the last time you saw her? Oh, quite early on. She was playing about with the table decorations, rearranging the knives. I see. Well, thank you, Mr. Dyson. Thank you, Inspector. I'm sorry I couldn't be of more help. Very thoughtful of him to be so anxious to want us to know exactly where he was last night. A little over-anxious, do you think? Difficult to tell. There are people who are naturally nervous about their own safety, about being mixed up with anything. It doesn't necessarily mean they've got something guilty to hide. Uh, Nobody's got much of an alibi, really, what with the band and the dancing and the coming and going. Anyone could have slipped away. What was that Dyson said about Mrs Kendall rearranging the knives on the tables? Do you think he dragged it in on purpose? Did it sound like that to you? I think it's possible. Are you the policeman? Are you the police? I am Inspector Weston, yes. I've got something to tell you about the murder. And who are you, Mr... Uh... Enrico. I am one of the cooks here. And I tell you this. She came through my kitchen, she did, and she had a knife with her. She had a knife in her hand. She came through the kitchen and out into the garden. I saw her. Now, calm down, will you? Who are you talking about? I am talking about the boss's wife, Mrs. Kendall. I am talking about her. She had a knife in her hand and she went out into the dark. Before dinner, that was. And she didn't come back. There seems to be a curse on this place, Inspector. People are wanting to leave, you know. If only it could be cleared up quickly so they don't get any more alarm than they are. But you wanted to ask me something. Uh, Yes, uh, it was about last night. 
According to the medical evidence, Victoria Johnson was killed sometime between 10.30pm and midnight. Uh Alibis under the circumstances that prevailed here last night are not exactly easy to verify. It's all very difficult. What I want to ask you particularly about is something that one of your cooks told us. Oh, which one? What does he say? He's Cuban, I think. Uh, Name's Enrico. This Enrico states that your wife passed through the kitchen on the way from the dining room and went out into the garden and that she was carrying a knife. Molly carrying a knife? Well, why shouldn't she? She'd probably been rearranging the place settings. When was this? This would have been before people had come into the dining room. Did you see her at that time? Yes. She came into the bar. I asked her who she'd been talking to. I heard her voice. And who did she say it was? Gregory Dyson. Ah, yes, that's what he said. He'd been making a pass at her, I understand. He's a bit given to that sort of thing. And you can't say definitely whether she had a knife in her hand or not? I can't remember. I'm almost sure she didn't. But you said just now... uh... Look here, what I meant was that if she was in the dining room or kitchen, it's quite likely she might have picked up a knife or had one in her hand. Matter of fact, I can remember quite well. She came in from the dining room and she had nothing in her hand. Nothing at all. I see. Did you have any further conversation with your wife during dinner or after? No. Uh, I don't think I did, really. I was rather busy. We don't always notice what the other one's doing, and we certainly haven't got time to talk to one another. So you don't actually remember speaking to her until she came up the steps three hours later after finding the body? It was an awful shock for her. It upset her terribly. How did she come to be walking on the path to the beach? After the stress of dinner being served, she often goes for a stroll to get away from the guests for a minute or two. Get a breather. When she came back, I understand you were talking to Mrs Hillingdon? Yes. Uh, Practically everyone else had gone to bed. What was the subject of your conversation with her? Oh, nothing in particular. Molly and the running of the hotel, that sort of thing. And then your wife came up the steps of the terrace and told you what had happened? Yes. There was blood in her hands? Of course there was. She tried to lift the girl. She couldn't understand what had happened. What the hell are you suggesting? Please, calm down, Tim. It's all a great strain on you, I know, but we have to get the facts clear. I understand Molly hasn't been feeling very well lately. She's all right. Major Palgrave's death upset her a bit. She's a very sensitive girl. We shall have to ask her a few questions as soon as she's fit enough. Well, you can't now. The doctor gave her a sedative and said she wasn't to be disturbed. I won't have her upset. We won't disturb her at present, Mr Kendall. But as soon as the doctor allows us, we'll have to see her. We have to find out what happened. Yes, Inspector. I was on the terrace talking to Mr Kendall, and then his wife came up the steps from the path. she just found the poor girl's body. Your husband wasn't there, Mrs Hillingdon? No, he'd gone to bed. Had you any particular reason for talking to Mr. Kendall at that time? What a very odd question, Mr. Daventry. No, there wasn't any special reason. Did you discuss his wife's health at all? I really can't remember. Are you sure of that? Sure that I can't remember? What a curious way of putting it. Hmm. One talks about so many things at different times. We know that Mrs. Kendall has not been in good health lately. Or a little tired, perhaps. Running a place like this means a lot of worries, and she is quite inexperienced. Naturally, she gets flustered now and then. Flustered? It's a good old-fashioned word, but just as good as anxiety neurosis, or whatever the jargon is for it nowadays. Thank you, Mrs Hillingdon.
That's quite all right, Inspector. Thank you both. I, I'm really quite myself again now. It was just the shock. It was rather awful, you know. I'm sure it was. What time did you go for your walk, Mrs. Kendall? Well, I don't really know, Inspector. We don't much go by time. The steel band was still playing. Yes, it was. At least I think so. I can't really remember. And you walked which way? Along the beach path. Uh, to the left or the right? Oh, um, first one way and then the other. I, I didn't really notice. Uh, why didn't you notice, Mrs. Kendall? I suppose I was thinking of things. Thinking of anything in particular? No, nothing in particular. Just things that had to be done in the hotel. And then I noticed something white. A white dress in the hibiscus bushes. It was Victoria, all huddled up. I tried to raise her head up and... And my hands were covered with blood. It must have been a dreadful experience, Molly. Did you take a knife with you on your walk? Why on earth should I do that? One of the kitchen staff mentioned that you had a knife in your hand when you went out of the kitchens into the garden. But I didn't go out of the kitchen. Oh, you mean earlier, before dinner? You'd been rearranging the cutlery on the tables, perhaps? Well, I have to. Sometimes they lay things wrong. So you may have gone out of the kitchen that evening carrying a knife in your hand. Well, I don't think I did. I'm sure I didn't. Tim was there. Ask him. Did you like Victoria Johnson? Was she good at her work? Yes. She was a very nice girl. She never threatened you in any way? Threatened me? What do you mean? It doesn't matter. You have no idea who could have killed her. No idea at all. None. Well, thank you, Mrs. Kendall. That wasn't so terrible, was it? Well, that's all. That's all for now. We'll uh, leave you in peace. Thank you. See you soon, Molly. I really can't bring myself to believe that that girl is a red-handed murderess, Weston. I think it's fairly unlikely. All the same, I'm pretty sure she isn't telling all she knows. She's very vague about it all. What was she doing out there? Hmm. Perhaps she went to meet someone. Could it have been Victoria? Or perhaps she saw who did go to meet Victoria. Gregory Dyson, perhaps. We know he was talking to her earlier. No one would have noticed if he was away for a little while. Not with the dancing and people going over to the bar to have a drink. No alibi like a steel band. Something had to be done, and done as quickly as possible. I knew that given the time I could find out the truth, but time was what I did not have. And who was there to help me? I had none of my usual allies. My friends at Scotland Yard were far away, and I was alone on a tropical paradise, wondering how long it would be before the murderer would strike again. Who on earth could I find to listen to me? In part three of Agatha Christie's A Caribbean Mystery, Miss Marple was played by June Whitfield. Evelyn Hillingdon, Carolyn Jones. Edward Hillingdon, Christopher Wright. Lucky Dyson, Tracy Ann Oberman. Greg Dyson, Brian Parr. Molly Kendall, Alison Pettit. Tim Kendall, David Thorpe. Victoria, Amanda Gordon. Jim Ellis, Anthony Fabu. Inspector Weston, David Bannerman. Daventry, David Brooks. 
the cook, Chris Pablo. A Caribbean Mystery is dramatized for radio by Michael Bakewell and directed by Enid Williams. Mystery Radio presentation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to like and rate this podcast on your favorite app. Also, there's a Nostalgic Mystery Radio YouTube page for your perusal to subscribe to. You can contact me by emailing me at nostalgicmysteryradio at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day or evening. And again, thank you for listening.